everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. On today's podcast, we're excited to welcome the founder of Changer, an app that motivates employees to live a healthier and more sustainable lifestyle. Before we get into the details of the app, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about the background and how Change has originated? Sure. So, hi everyone. My name is Daniela. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Changers. Um, we founded Changers back together with uh, Marcus, my co-founder, in 2012. So we are already on the road for a while. Um, my personal background, actually, I started. Uh, I studied fine arts. So um, that's not the classical business background you would have to <laughs> found a technical startup. Um, and we uh, uh, founded Changers out of um, an advertising agency we were formerly working in, Marcus and myself, uh, which was focusing on green tech, on high tech communication. And we actually started as a solar charger company. So the very first product we built was a little solar charger, which was one of the very first IoT devices out there in the market. Actually, before I even knew that it's the term IoT, we basically built this little device which uh, did not only store your energy but also the information about how much uh, energy you produced with your solar panel, how much CO2 you saved because of that, because of not using the current, and how much coins you earned by doing so. So we had actually a little mining, like coins mining device back in the back in the days and. Um, in 2015, 2016, we said that we want to expand what is sustainability and not only focus on energy production, solar energy production, and these little devices are just basically for your own consumer products. So we wanted to be more, or just be broader in what we, in what we reach out. And that's why we basically decided to work on an app which uh, with the focus of green mobility at the beginning. And then basically like like things turn out, um, Ernst and Young was our first customer actually. They reached out to us and were like, guys, we like your app, but um, we're actually looking into doing something for our employees and also health topics are important. And so this is uh, how we basically out of the sustainability topic, we came in and um, literally build, build an application together with our customer, together with what they, they needed and just evolved into what we are today. And um, yeah. Great, thank you so much. It's, um, I think you are the first guest that we have on the platform, which you know has been around for quite some time. So this is <laughs> quite an honor. Um, um, because I feel like a lot of, a, a lot of the other companies are you know, in very, very startup stages, as are we. So um, this, you know, this is great. So thank you once again so much for coming on. And um, actually, we really need to get used to that sustainability is becoming cool, you know. Formerly, you were at a party and someone asked you what you were doing and then they and said, yeah, we're doing something about CO2 savings and you could already tell that the other person was like, oh God, why did I even ask? What they're doing, you know, people go like, oh, that's actually cool. And we're like, okay, so maybe it's cool. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's fully prospering the whole sustainability space, which is mm -hmm. obviously really good. Um, so I guess 
um just moving on um could you just explain what the business is and essentially what you're trying to achieve you did mention you know that it's for essentially individuals to change their behavior um but then just could you give a bit more detail as to whether you know it's diet related travel related habit related absolutely um it's with the application we built, we want to incentivize on one side healthy behavior and on one side um, sustainable behavior patterns. This can be any kind of activity. The core of the application definitely is free mobility. So everything I can track with my mobile phone automatically in the background. Uh, so we have a system inside which can identify how you're traveling uh, where, um, and and uh, the, the, the traveling modes if you're sitting on a bike or in a bus or in a car um, and by doing that we can then tell you how much CO2 you saved or you emitted by using either the car or by, by not using the car so that's basically what, what we're doing and that's a core that's a baseline of the app and then we have a huge variety of different uh, activities which I can manually add from healthy nutrition tips today I didn't eat meat or today I drank enough water to today I did sports to today I did um, I went shopping without plastic bag to really um, a lot of edit, editable or editorial to content that also our customers can of course change and adapt to their own needs so this is um, this is basically the, the core line and when we talk about about the product itself, um, we call it uh, tokenized incentivization. So everything I do um, can be translated into a CO2 saving, and the CO2 saving gives me credits, gives me coins. Um, currently, those coins are something as a bonus point system, a green loyalty system, a green bonus point system, or reward system, depending on where we are located in, in a city or in a, in a company. Um, but in the long run, it's really about can we actually generate a green currency based on CO2 saving, which I can mine with my own green behavior. So that's, that's basically where we want to be. So I assume that people put this information in themselves. How can you check that they are actually taking these steps? Because surely they could say that they're walking more, biking more to earn these tokens. Right. Um, with mobility, it's fairly um, easy to identify mobility patterns and whether you actually did something or not, because we can use the sensors within the app um, but a lot of these activities we do are based on trust. So I don't have a, a chip in your ear and we don't want to, and we, we, we can't, and we don't want to control whether people actually drink one and a half water of the meter or, or ate some of the vegetarian. So it's all about, we want to give a certain, um, um, a certain incentivization. We want to inform people. This is about positive attitude. It's linked to certain communication patterns. Also, we must say when uh, driving in corporate environments, we do have a control framework because basically we are operating within a system where you don't want to be seen as the biggest cheater, you know, so this is also something helpful. Uh, we do have certain measures in uh, on, on board, so we do restrict how much you can do and, and how much you can actually earn um, 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 
with the activities you do. So there are patterns how we control that. But I think that's the most important thing. Even though I add an activity, which I haven't done, my brain reacts to it as if I would have done it because I'm getting a positive message and getting bonus points for it. My, my brain, even though I haven't done it, um, um, gets a message that this is a good thing. So this is already, we, we could say that's already half of the work we, we're trying to do. And um, this is all about, as I said, it's, it's really, really, it's a soft tool to get people to do certain things, which are actually quite hard to do so. So it's, it's we always say it's the only path of changing people's behavior and uh, threatening people or making them afraid or telling them that uh, what they do is bad is not the best way to do that. Yeah, and I guess kind of um, bouncing off from what you've just said, um, I know you did say that you've also worked with EY, which is very interesting because they're a very big corporate. Right. But from what you've said and from our understanding, the app is focused on individual behavior. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know your perspective on, you know, why is targeting individuals has been like your priority as opposed to targeting corporates? Because there's, you know, such big debates about like, yes, everyone can have a small input of their own change and their own behavior, but essentially that big change isn't going to occur unless it's the big powerful corporations who actually implement it. So I just wanted to know um, your opinion on this. Basically, when we are in the sustainability discussion, there is no either or. So it's important to do both, basically. We decided to target individuals and actually target individuals via the, the, the framework of a corporation or a city. So we always have someone we use as, as uh, basically it's B2B2C if you want to be as a company. Um, we both, uh, there's two things to it. On the one side, um, if we want corporates to change, we need to change the framework, the mindset of those people who are working there. So even though we are talking about corporates, at the end it's people working there. Um, so we deeply believe that we can, that there's a quite a desire to change and we, we are we are there's a lot of open doors and I think right now it's mostly a structural thing why things are so slow and a lot of people would love to um, speed up things also in bigger corporations we talk to so there's a lot of goodwill and and currently it's it's all about helping corporates to to communicate those goals they want to do also internally um, and then what there is a second part to it where um, when we talk to certain people or, or, or this is something that pops up quite often is what does it matter what I do because the big polluters are someone else because actually I'm just a little carbon in, in, in the wheel etc in the structure there's, there's nothing what I do it has an impact and I think this is something that when we are living in a democratic country, there's a really little aware of that thing to, to, to think or to say. So we really say everything matters. Of course, the corporates have to change. Of course, there's a lot of things that have to happen. But this doesn't mean that you as an individual 
just are a off the uh, like off the hook b can't do anything and that's why we we uh, uh, try to target um, individuals that's said one part the second thought is really that we are looking also on how the economic system acts and we really think that um if we are able to create value with our change of behavior or with our c2 savings instead of with the hours i i work for someone and if i can make money by that that this is a huge impact there's something that can be that that can really uh, drive a change and that's basically what we're about i think it's um nice like you acknowledge that people have to change as well because like you said i think a lot of the time people sort of excuse their behavior by saying oh well the big corporations need to change not me and as you said everyone needs to change but also many people won't do that without an incentive so you're offering an incentive for people to change which ultimately will then um, encourage businesses to change okay yeah Let's, let's hope that that works, that we're on it, I guess. Yeah, and I guess um, something that we, not we have discussed, but something that you have briefly mentioned in our communications prior to the podcast is um, how the majority of your team work remotely, if I'm not mistaken, sure. um, and, you know, quite spread out. And also, you know, the fact that you're a female CEO, which unfortunately is still, you know, a topic of today. Um, and yeah, if just you could just just discuss a bit more, you know, the importance of sustainability in your business model, because I've, I've said this many times, but you know, sustainability goes beyond just the environment, just the environmental factors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, and I'm sure our listeners would be very interested to find out a bit more about um, the element of sustainability in your business. Lots of topics there. So um, um, we started as a office. Like a, we started as a company with an office in Berlin a couple of years ago, and um, somehow it evolved. That um, back in the days, um, we had our first developer who was based in Brazil, and he was the first remote developer. And I would have sworn back then that working remotely is absolutely impossible when we're working creatively. Um, for fast forward four and a half years um, to today, um, we cancelled our, or, or, or we basically closed our office spaces in 2017 because our last Berlin based developer um, moved to Bali. I hate him. <laughs> basically so and, and then he started just traveling the world and and so there was no need for an office anymore so we just um literally all of us are are working from home or from any kind of work workplace wherever they are currently we're literally spread in between three continents um there's and and uh, a lot of time zones um we have, have a very diverse team it, just evolve that way also you are of course if you search remotely or if you have not only to to a pool of people in your own city you're looking at um we attracted much uh, far better talent so we were quite happy also with that it's important for us i'm still um working on the female developer part 
that's very very hard so when we do a call sometimes we get 200 250 applications and three out of them are female so that's more or less the ratio we got right now which is really bad and um, um we're really trying hard to reach out also to female developers and to encourage etc so this is something that i think can can still be improved um when working remotely this is something that for me right now really became a blessing because it gives me a lot of freedom. So if I want to, I don't know, uh, go to yoga uh, during midday or something because uh, there is a class I'm interested in, I can do that. If I'm in an office, it's so much harder, especially as founder, you kind of like feel always obliged to be there and to be ready to be to be much more responsive or, or, or to be present uh, much more. And this is something that, for me personally, gave me a lot of freedom. Also, how to structure um, my 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 day, and um, it's 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 quite interesting because I was just thinking, um, it's you deal with people you sometimes even haven't. Uh, we have we have one of our developers who's based in India, and I literally never have seen his face. So I'm working with him now over two years and I trust my life with him. So he's, 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 he's essential to what we're doing. I don't know how he looks like. That's crazy. I mean, you know, it's like a Zoom or a... Really... I don't know. He never, he never actually opened the camera. I never addressed it and I respected that apparently he just yeah. didn't want to show his image. And, and it's, if you think about it, it's kind of weird. But in the day-to-day, -day, it's absolutely, totally no issue at all. It's really funny, so you know. So uh, when I tell people, they go like, "You're totally crazy! Oh, how can that even be?" But uh, as I said, I trust my life. I, I, I trust him with my life, basically. So uh, and 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 uh, it's it's a it's a very close working relationship we are, and and you know, so and, and that that works, and that's 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 quite interesting. Or or as I said the other developer who, who went to Bali, he was traveling, I think, for more than two years. He was just traveling the world, and literally most of the time, I didn't even know in which country he was, and it doesn't matter. And um, so you you need people who are very responsible with what they do, who own the product, who want to participate. So it's it's a little bit a, um, a different way on how we work together, and um, I'm really enjoying it right now. So this is, this is something that I think has... Um, Shifting from from office space to remote has improved. At least for me, it has improved a lot of things. Of course, sometimes it's terribly difficult, and there's a lot of misunderstanding, or you have to overcomplicate to get certain things through. And um, but I guess that also happens if you sit in the same room. To be honest, <laughs> so um, no, I, I think uh, it's for us. It was quite quite nice and quite happy, and, 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 and a good good turnout on on how we are we are working. Um, I'm not sure if that would work if we would be half remote or, or, or part of the team would be at a location and another part would not be because that means that um, that some of them would have would been excluded maybe of, of I don't know when you're getting a coffee and then you're standing in the kitchen and there is certain communication going on and you would exclude people so that's I think so hybrid modes I think is the most complicated things to do and that's where where, where challenges start but for us right now I think it, it works out and turns out quite good and um, yeah to the to the female um, 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 founder part um, 
for a very long time, I didn't understand that being a female even was an issue at all. So um, actually, it was an, an, an American, uh, Jess Erickson. She came, I think she arrived in Berlin in 2012, 2013, or, or even a little earlier, I don't remember. And she founded a group called Berlin Bugettes. And she actually brought, for the first time, she brought up the whole females and like, like women in tech issue to my, to my, brought it to my attention before that. It was like the most noble thing that I was sitting in a room full of dudes and I was the only woman in, in, in on, on the table and it was, I didn't even question it for quite some time um, because it was always like that. So I was always basically um, playing with the guys. So it was more or less a normal situation for me. And um, then I just, and then it was the little things. And now I'm currently just trying to be very aware with it. I just addressed the, the part with the female developers, which is something which is very dear to my heart. And I failed miserably to get more talent on board right now. But um, where I also try to to be as supportive as possible for, for, the, for the women who are currently working with us, um, to, to bring on an environment where you feel safe and, and, and supported. I think that it's, it's still an issue, unfortunately. And yeah, and, and for myself, it's it's also something I'm, I, I, I only, um, I, I never really got any open um, um, rejection or, or, you know, like discrimination. Um, I have a German name, even though I, have, I wasn't born in Germany, etc. So there's a lot of, of things where, where um, it's more a subtle thing, you know, like, again sitting with all those dudes at one table in the conference and then it's all about oh actually the coffee is empty and everyone looks at you and then you go like oh yes thank you i would like a coffee too you know so and uh, everyone was expecting basically me to get up and get coffee i don't even think that it's on purpose it's just so deeply ingrained in, in how we we think in the patterns or when people are 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 um, are still, uh, think it's something uh, admirable that I'm the technical person, technical founder with us, and that I'm the one who does all the, the, the technical discussions, etc. So why would that even be a thing? So there's there's still a way to go. I think we we already have covered some space, but there's now it's a little thing, so now it's a hard part because laws are are equal most of the time. Now it's really again about our behavior. So um, and and this is the hard one. And this is the, the the unconscious bias, and this is really about addressing certain things. And it's just it's, it's about continuing to be there and uh, hopefully to be example to others to show what what goes, what what doesn't go. I I also like to just say that at the at the beginning I, I was quite unsure about telling people that I actually only studied only studied art so that I don't have neither a technical nor a business background. And now I go like, no, that's wrong. It's actually exactly the other way around. If I with an arts degree can go and found a business which is successful, come on, me, you know? So yeah. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned uh, a little bit ago, you said about creating a safe and supportive space for women. Do you think that's why there's a lack of women in this industry? Do you yes. think that's not there, or is there other factors that add to this? It's it's hard to speak in general terms, but I have heard so many bad things in our industry um, about um, 
it's mostly you know it's it's young male developers who think they are the kings of the world. They that they have special knowledge that only they know, and um, depending on 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 their ego, um, have a um, um, feeling of grandeur and I don't know an entitlement. Um, sometimes maybe they were the most popular in school, etc., etc., etc. So there's a lot of topics in there. And um, then you have this whole bias thing that actually women attack and that you're, um, whether you're skilled or not, then maybe even if you're of, of color, even worse. Um, and so, and, and this is something that replicates. I mean, just look at social media and how females get attacked. There was this whole, in, in the gaming scene, there was this like huge scandal, I don't know, two or three years ago. Um, so it's, Sometimes I have the feeling that that some guys, and it's really not about it's it's absolutely not meant as to be every developer is like this. My team definitely is not like this, and uh, I think um, it's only a minority, but that's the one who makes it bad for people and for women. Um, that they think that the tech and development is their safe space and it's theirs, and that's where they are the best. And now they want to defend it from any people coming in so they kind of like see it as the last bastion and all women are coming in here too and being better than them and it's absolutely unacceptable and I know a lot of women who have uh, ended their career because at some point it was just uh, too just too harmful basically and so yeah yeah so it's a gatekeeping issue yeah I mean you always have the girl in marketing you know or in administration, so that's the that's where um, it's actually the other way around. So there, it's rather hard to get actually a male um, uh, application coming in, and it's still very very much separated, and that's it's kind of sad. Yeah. And I'm just curious. So obviously, you did say that your background is in fine art. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, when actually developing changers, how how did you get you know the technical knowledge essentially to do it? Good old learning by doing. <laughs> so I'm 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 very hands-on and basically all of the knowledge. I think I think technical background is something that I have been working with my whole life. So I'm 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 a total nerd like from from the core. Um, I think for me more difficult was actually the business background to understand how things work, etc. And um, that's something that here in Berlin you have a very supportive community. Um, you have your peer group of, of founders where you can reach out and ask questions or get recommendations, etc. So that's something that's really, really helpful. And um, then there's just a lot of just just reading up and and, and, and trying to get information, etc. But most of the, the, the issues that we had are, are coming out of experience. And, and um, if you have someone you can talk to who basically has been there and done that, that's something that is uh, quite helpful and hopefully at some point or, or actually right now I'm already returning because we're already on the road to set for a while so um, we can already basically give back. Great, thank you. That's uh, very impressive because I would have no idea where to start in any technological capacity because aside from doing Sustainability Speaks, I work at a tech startup, but I'm on the business side. Mm-hmm. And then when we have team meetings with the tech team, it just goes all 
all the way <laughs> over my head. And it's hard, yeah. So it's 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 difficult because you need to. Um, it's it's an it's a language on its own basically, and and if you're not included in the technical process, it's basically. It, 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 you could say if you are um, the tech team most likely would be the same if you would be talking about administrational stuff you know so it's not that uh, technological uh, knowledge is uh, a holy grail and uh, only if you can reach it it's uh, quite it's just you know knowledge and you can, you can acquire it but of course you have to be you, you have to start somewhere yeah yeah and so you've obviously been around since 2012 and just perhaps could you give us some you know detail about you know how how has it been going in terms of the app perhaps how many users you have um geographically um where are they based and also perhaps what's your target audience so we have um a lower um uh, how do you say six digit number of users Right now, distributed, we have um, our own uh, Changer SaaS application. We are have hosting several white label applications for corporates uh, like, I don't know, Allianz or, or health insurances. Um, we are hosting applications for cities. So basically, it's, it's all spread throughout, throughout those applications. Um, currently, our core market is Europe. So I would say that's like 85% of the people we, we um, have of our users are based in Europe. But with corporates such as Allianz, we are literally in already in about 90, 90 um, countries and the app is also available in uh, 12 languages by now. Um, so we see ourselves also as a, there's a global problem, so we need a global solution so literally we can be distributed everywhere. Users, uh, users is we have two target markets basically. One is one is corporates we talk to, and they they use the app for their employees. And then we have um, city administrations who deploy the app uh, for the citizens as a uh, green loyalty incentivization uh, tool within their community within their city too. And there, the 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 biggest topic is always green mobility choices. So that's. And there we have um, customers like City of Vienna or um, mostly German-speaking cities. Actually, it's Münster, it's Düsseldorf, it's uh, Dresden, um, Hagen. So it's um, yeah, small to medium-sized cities where we're working with, and mostly. And uh, actually, we're also having a couple of cities in Japan. So. <laughs> Oh, it's really cool. You've made it out over to Asia, especially Japan. I mean, that's such a, a big modern like tech market. It's They've always been up there with all the technology. It's crazy, right? On the, on the one side, they are absolutely on the forefront of the technologies. And then on the, on the other side, they are absolutely behind when it comes down to using things. It's 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 very, very interesting market because we have this this kind of uh, image in our heads that they are like super technological advanced and everyone is, is running around with their gadgets. Well, no. <laughs> so it was also quite, quite a learning curve, yeah. Mm. So can I just ask, so once you have downloaded the app, you make an account, do you, pay for a subscription fee how does that work so for the end users it's um it's uh, free of cost and uh, we have either the corporates or the cities paying a um, subscription fee 
and for any place we pay for the operating costs to host the app, etc. And that's how we finance ourselves. So we, we always, yeah. So that's uh, but for the end user, it's it's uh, they don't have to to pay anything. Yeah, that makes sense. What are your future goals and ambitions for changes, and where do you see yourself in five, ten, and fifteen years? That's the most, the most funniest question because uh, I think as a startup you're happy if you can plan ahead like one year. <laughs> That's already a task. Um, but uh, when talking about goals, I think I was already um, um, hinting at that we really um, are looking into how we can have a CO2-based, cur- uh, currency-based um, CO2 savings, uh, tokenize, maybe even go on to a... a blockchain use different technologies um so these are topics that interest us a lot so how can we how can we come out of that bonus point corner if you want to and really make a currency out of our behavior um that's definitely our long-term goal that's also quite a difficult one because there's a lot of inflation things uh, attached to it and uh, personally, I love that at some point we are not needed anymore because it's just no discussion that things need to be done or things are just being done and you don't need to incentivize people to actually do that. Or that it's, we actually established a currency and everyone is just earning their salaries by doing the right thing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's very interesting that you said you know that perhaps in the later you know future it would be great if people you know would just know how to do the right thing uh, which I find very interesting because I feel like even still a lot of businesses even if they are you know very sustainability focused they're still very much focused on the on, on their game and I think you know from what you said you're clearly in this with the very right intentions of you know actually the bigger picture so um, I think that's great yeah, um, that was actually the most quite interesting point your topic you're addressing at. Um, we were in an interview with, I don't know, some magazine something, and the journalist asked us, uh, do you want to change the world or make money? And I was like, you be like, dude, you can do both, you know? So uh, it's not, it's because you have good intentions and, or, or want to have an impact, that doesn't mean that you don't want to have a successful business, you know? Um, so... Uh, I think that it's even the other way around. So the more successful we are, the bigger the leverage we have. And uh, so that's um, that's where we are going. So that's also why we are not a foundation, etc. We really want to do this from the business side. Great. Um, thank you so much. And just for our listeners, um, is the app available in the UK? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, so I know I, I will definitely be downloading it. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Uh, but yeah and then we will link it in the description of the podcast and, and all of our social medias so that if anyone listening wants to download it we very much encourage you to do so um so yeah thank you so much for your time once again it was a pleasure thank you lady for the invitation it was great talking to you it was wonderful speaking to you too Thank you guys for listening to Sustainability Speaks. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out our others and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn for more updates.